from Backpage and the big interview with Graham Hunter, my name is Martin Gregg and this is our Q&A show ahead of the first competitive classical of the season, this Sunday at the Bernabeu. Coming up we have Graham Hunter, Pete Jensen, questions from our socios at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. They support the podcast and get ad-free early access to episodes and the chance to send in questions to the show. So this episode goes out to our latest social social George Moore. But let's give a shout out to everyone who's signed up since the start of the new season. Gavin Skeen, Ryan McMillan, Patrick Durkin, Aaron Duckling. So this is a classical preview, but I think we simply must discuss the events of last night, boys, which is Wednesday night as as we speak on Thursday morning. Barca 3, Inter Milan 3 in the camp now. Such an exciting game of football. Graham, you said in theeffort.com, this tells us why the Champions League exists. Before we get on to a social question on the contribution of Piquet and Busquets, Graham, I want to start with you. Obviously, this result didn't strengthen Barca's case for reaching the last 16, but do you think it contains some of the characteristics that Xavi's been looking for in his team and maybe have been missing in recent times? I think that's right, and and albeit that you know Peter and I live and work in Spain, and and the majority of the socios that we've had during our seven year life, and 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 those that wanted to buy the Spain book and the Barca book are are interested in the intricate detail of of Barca or Madrid or the rest of the La Liga clubs. The the first thing I still think in in the morning after the first thing to say is that. Albeit we're trained by the news agenda to always say, well, what are the consequences and how bad? Are what a fucking game of football. Absolutely brilliant in terms of not just six goals, but Inter had their tactics absolutely clear. Their, their nerve never wavered once. If Barca learned a lot about themselves last week in the San Siro, Inter and Inzaghi and his analysts and his best players absolutely clearly understood where Barca's soft underbelly was and how much more it would be exposed if they had to attack. I really respected the way in which Inter pretty clinically you know, sliced Barcelona open with the, the timings of their movements when they chose to burst, how effective they were when they did burst. It was, it was a really, really good away performance, which doesn't mitigate the fact that you know Barcelona's organisation of their team and positional common sense when they lost the ball and their ability to sprint and work, those were at fault. But that's one of the most character characterful performances of from Barcelona all season. Xavi was very strong on, on the aftermath and saying we're not good enough, we're, we need to be better, we need to learn. That's all true. But many of the performances we've seen, particularly domestically this season, have flattered to deceive. And although that was a flawed match, it was one whereby their attacking flair um, was sustained throughout 96 minutes, where two of the three of the players stepped up to a level that they haven't been at this season, where Marc-Andre Ter Stegen proved that it wasn't just against misfiring teams that have rare chances that he can be astonishing. That was one of the best games I've seen him play for Football Club Barcelona. And therefore, there are... If you separate out, the, separate out the agony that the board and Laporta and the accountants and the sponsors um, are going through this morning, you know, when people tell you as well, when uh, iconic of what's going to happen, people forget about this and all the stushy about, you know, everything that's going on at Football Club Barcelona. Way up to the right-hand side above the north goal, there, were, there was concrete and there was a 92,000 crowd, but there was a massive section of the 
um, camp now, which where it's is already getting ready for the construction, which will take place during the rebuilding, re- refabrication of the camp now, which is supposed to be a year. Yeah, right when they got to Montjuic to play, and and therefore symbolically, they've got new players to pay for. They've got um, financial fair play to comply with again. Uh, at the end of this season which they're not going to find it comfortable to do they genuinely do need to attract still better players for, on freedom of contract but paying them decent wages and the the repercussions for going out of the Champions League which about 90% certainly will now are grave but in terms of character and performance and in terms of the roar you know, again you've been there Martin too I know and some of our socios have but Peter and I have spent much of the last 20 years being at Camp Nou or Bernabeu when magic happens. And therefore, with Messi at speaker, the Trident, Messi, Suarez, Neymar at their peak, or whatever it might be, Guardiola's goodbye, Xavi's goodbye, there have been roars. But the roar when that first goal went in, when Dembele scored it, the roar of relief, the, the, the roar of, are we maybe the Phoenix rising from the ashes, the, the aggression, the dislike for Inter, it was a massive roar. And again, all of these elements come together to explain the reason why the three of us are sitting here uh, talking about football again. Uh, first of all, I agree with, with Graham that it was a fantastic game and, and it's the reason why we don't need to do too much to the Champions League. It doesn't need to be changed. Um, you'll notice also, by the way, that two of the clubs that want um, permanent residence in the new Super League will probably be playing in the Europa League next se- uh, this season. That shouldn't be forgotten. Um, but I just thought it was the same old frailties, the same old frailties that Barcelona have been showing over the last four or five seasons. And 150 million euros spent in the, in the summer have not done anything to, to, um, to address those problems. Now, it is true that if Araujo and Kunde hadn't got injured, Barcelona would be in the Champions League um, um, last 16 already and and this disaster wouldn't have happened but you you have to account for the fact that you know that that type of thing and two players in the same in the same in the same position getting injured is going to occur uh i thought Xavi in his post post match press conference pointed the finger very directly at the players i'm not sure that resonates too well with the players when the coach doesn't come out and say it's on me i think one of these lines was um if the defenders defend poorly then yeah that's on me well, that's not really taking responsibility. Um, he's got a phrase that he likes to use, which is, we talked about that before the game. Again, that's basically, um, you know, throwing the players under the bus a little bit. And he's maybe going to have to change that a li- uh, as he grows and as he develops as a manager. Um, it makes Sunday's Classico even more important than ever because I think the mood around the club, bearing in mind that Barcelona could be out of the Champions League before they kick off against Bayern in the next, um, the next match day. So interplay before, I think that's rising at Graham. And, and if they beat, um, if they win their game, then you've got 90,000 inside the stadium and it's, it becomes a meaningless game. Um, and, if you, and if they lose the Classico on Sunday as well, then the mood around the club is, is not going to be great. So yeah, you're right to, to flag up all the financial um, repercussions but I think there are more important repercussions on the pitch and, and around the club in terms of the mood Laporta did so well in the summer to create this um, wave of enthusiasm maybe a little bit too much I mean we, we, we're not just being wise after the event here we, I think we spoke in pre-season about the fact that the signings are exciting but you know they're, they're buying a couple of players that Chelsea don't want and they're buying someone that you know Milan are letting go and um, 
they're not buying a Sergio Busquets replacement, which 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 um, we called that out in the summer um, and last night again. It was there for all to see. You spend 150 million, and you still and you still only have one defensive midfield player. And he's in the last season of his contract at the club. So although they bought a lot of players, the real quality was with Lewandowski and Kunde, and Kunde obviously wasn't on the pitch last night. Um, so I think how it affects the how it affects the the mood, the mood around the club and and the season as a, as a whole is just as important as the as the financial consequences. I mean, I think that leads on to a good question from Socio Aaron Duckling, who says, in light of all recent events, is this the last time that we see Busquets or PK take to the field at the Bernabeu? Graham, I know you've got strong feelings in this. Is do you think this is Bussi and PK's last Bernabeu classical? Yeah, maybe. Yes. And it's a pertinent question from Aaron. And when I, you know, get a little bit vituperative here and and talking capital red capital letters again, it's it's not aimed at Aaron. Where Aaron, um, I'm I'm not fizzing angry, but I do not adopt position positions in order to oppose people or to create polemic. I, I really don't. I just I'm just very short-tempered about the way in which, like, people that I like and respect, so Jamie Easton on Twitter last night, basically writing an epitaph for the captains and saying it's been stupid that they're, you know, that, that, that they're still here. Well, Barcelona have tried every means to either lower their salaries or get them out. And Roger Torreo at, at Mundo Deportivo. There was somebody else. Uh, yeah, um, big Kevin uh, Williams, um, who's a you know, a really strong analyzer of, of football and you now lives in Portugal. There was a lot of anger which was saying um, these people shouldn't be anywhere near the team. Now, all I want to say is that each case is separate. One, Busquets has been slow athletically for a number of years but it was proven that when he had a fully fit team working around him and playing positional football, he could be as effective. That's between January and April last year. I interviewed Luis Enrique um, at the weekend and he said, look, if it were for me, let, let, let Busquets play. This is his last World Cup, but, you know, I, I wish he would stay for another four. He's a fixture in Luis Enrique's team, which is still an imperfect team, but it's deeply exciting. It's finished semi-finalist at the European Championship, finalist in the Nation League and semi-finalist again in in this most current Nations League. And and Busquets is an integral part to the way that team plays. Uh, One of the things that really surprises me, Aaron, everybody listening, Pete Martin, about the way in which Xavi's second season is on, 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 you know, is rolling out is, I didn't mean to say unravelling, is that there doesn't seem to be any clear attempt or development of positional football, which is what, in a briefing, uh, an off-the-record briefing last February, March, he said that he came back to a cultural desert where nobody understood positional football, but this is what he was trying to teach them. And for three and a half months, you could really see it when they stuck four past Atleti, four past Athletic, four past Napoli, four past Madrid. This season, it has simply been get the ball to the big players and ask them to do something special. So, which by definition in any club means that if your special players aren't on a good night or aren't on a good run, you look ordinary. Busquets has been bypassed. Now, he made an awful... He gave the ball away. But just like Messi, across his career, some of the journalistic... And, and some of the expressions about him in the trade about he never puts a foot wrong, he never puts a pass wrong, that's always been a lie. So the key thing about Busquets 
is that he's in a team where largely the play in midfield that he's an expert at is being ignored. It, it, it was a dreadful mistake, but how did the team perform once the ball was given away? Well, badly. Piquet's mistakes, one principle, which was for the equaliser at a terrible time, um, was the mistake of somebody who's out of form. It didn't say the mistake of, of a 35-year-old. And what I would emphasise really strongly is that this whole thing about it, it's ridiculous that they're staying, it's disgusting, the money they're on. Well, they're, they're under contract. They were contracted. They've got the right to stay and play. And in my opinion, some of the reaction to PK Aaron, uh, over the last 24 hours, um, since, that, uh, since that big, big mistake where he was at fault, has not taken into account that early in the first half, when it looked absolutely certain that Inter Milan were going to score, PK was the one on hand to outjump Lautaro Martinez and head the ball away. That was quite good still for a 35-year-old on lots of money. At the weekend against Celta, albeit that Gavi got man of the match and Ter Stegen played well, I thought PK, I thought in my view, PK in a match which counts very much for them being top of the league when they go to the, the, the Madrid Classico, PK may be coming to the end of his time at Barcelona. It may be that he's earning too much money. And it's certain that that was a really big mistake against Inter Milan. But this out, outpouring of, of what I think is backlash feelings... That, take, that doesn't take into account how good he's been when he's played this season it is, is immature. It's not what you were asking, Aaron, but in my opinion, PK played regularly, will become a dominant footballer again this season. Jordi Alba's a case apart. It's clear that the club want him out. It's clear that, um, that they are desperately need those three salaries to be gone, and maybe by the end of the season, they will be. But we have to be accurate and careful in what we say and how we criticise. Yeah, I think the main complaint from a lot of Barcelona supporters is they look at the way Real Madrid deal with their great players and how they move them on. Um, and bearing in mind they've got 70 million euros for Casemiro, they've got 100 million euros for Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, Varane obviously went um, to, with Ronaldo to, well, with Ronaldo and Casemiro to United. Um, and Barcelona are, are sort of stuck with their great, their greats. Um, and, and it costs the club a huge amount of money. And, and I think the estimate is something like it's going to be €50 million Euros gross to pay PK um, and Alba um, up until the end of their contracts if they stay for another two seasons as they were in their, as they were within their rights to do because that's when their contracts end. So I think that's the big, that's the big problem that a lot of Barcelona fans have. Now, that's not on Laporta and it's certainly not on Xavi. That's all about... Uh, the incompetence of the previous president for giving giving players um, very long contracts that the club then wouldn't wouldn't be able to pay. Um, but that that is the huge difference, and and Madrid just tends to be a little bit more ruthless, um, and and Barcelona have, have not been able to do that. And and it's a, it's a shame because Piquet is probably I don't know. I mean, we could argue about this, but the greatest Barcelona defender, um, Busquets, is certainly the greatest player in, in his position. Um, and, and Jordi Alba has been brilliant as well for, for so long and, and I still think he's probably I mean I, I look at Marcus Alonso and still think Alba's the best option at left back to be honest but um, but the three of them are sort of being pushed out the door um, and it's it's all a bit ugly really and, and, it's, and it's a great shame for three of the greatest players that have ever played for the club 
And also, quickly, Graham, um, it's the, it's the way they they had to play last night, or the way they did play with the defence on the halfway line. That's bound to expose him if he can defend a little bit deeper. Then he remains one of the best defenders um, in, in in Europe, and he's shown that in the last couple of weeks in in La Liga. And because what we've been taught over the years, neither of us, none of the three of us are Barca fans, but we've been taught and we've listened. And Martin, you made me write a book about the idea that it's it's a system. So you've got three players, particularly two of them, Busquets and Pique, who still essentially are players brought up in a system, which right now this team is not playing at all. And your point, Pete, about where a guy at 35 who now isn't a sprinter should defend and, and where you're likely to be exposed. Well, if you if Barcelona start to keep long possessions again, you can choose where you're defending and you can control the game, which Barcelona are not doing. They're not even attempting to control the game positionally or with possession. Time and time again, against lesser opponents than Inter, possession is either split or it goes against football club, football club Barcelona. And, and veterans of 33, 34, 35 because of age and athleticism, and who are trained to play a different system, are, as exactly as you say, are, are bound to struggle. There are things, for however long those three last in this team, and they can't get them out before the end of the season unless one of them voluntarily says, I quit, then there's really crystal clear ways in which the coach, the coaching staff, and the other players can adapt in order to not play this vertical direct football, get it forward as soon as possible, and accept it being an ebb and flow playground football game, which gets you the best out of these iconic footballers who will inevitably move on very soon. But short term, for any club, and whether it's Real Madrid or Aberdeen or, or, or Celtic or Portsmouth, I'd be arguing exactly the same, use your assets properly and stop letting the club shit on them from above in the media so that the dressing room is divided. Absolutely. And that those players who aren't affected are going, ooh, this is a bit of a, a virulent place. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When we 
Will Valdez says, Hola Graham and Pete, would love to hear your thoughts on the difference between these two sides, not just in this classical, but overall this season in Europe. Despite the contrast in playing styles, they now both have squads that are strong and physically imposing at the back, possess midfielders that are sublime on the ball, and that supply perhaps the best two centre-forwards in the world, not named Erling Holland. True, Barcelona is a much younger team on average, but experience can be overrated and they have not shrunk from a challenge in La Liga this season, yet the Catalans could crash out of the Champions League group stage for a second year in a row. Is it really as simple as a lack of Yeta in the Champions League, uh, a quality of Real Madrid that Xavi has both admired and loathed as a Barcelona supporter, or is there something else missing? Graham, you want to jump in here? Um, that Jeta is something that um, Pep Guardiola has a... 19-year-old, 20-year-old used as a word to describe how Barcelona would have to perform in the Champions League final of 1992 at Wembley and Sampdoria. And it's something that traditionally the, the wisest people involved in Barcelona football say that Madrid have got more than Barcelona. It, it, that probably isn't true if you think about the era from about, you know, mid-2008 for six or seven years where Barcelona, for various different reasons, were just as self certain and aggressive and arrogant and you know we we will we will knock you over as as Madrid have ever been but that that thing has gone now or if it remains it's it's got a false base uh, Guillermo nice to speak to you again will you talked about the the differences between the team the, the the principal quick way to say it which is rare for me would be that Barcelona have become a, a pale version of Real Madrid they play looking for allegedly special players to produce big moments. I don't think there's anything particularly systematic about Madrid over the last eight or nine years when they've repeatedly won the Champions League, when last season they become champions of Spain and Europe for the first time in 60, 64 years, which is just the most mind-boggling stat. And and therefore, what there is at Real Madrid, uh, and, and, you know, Will said experience can sometimes be an imposter. Well, it depends. If you're really experienced and really characterful and really good, that tends to get you further in sticky situations, in my opinion. I think that one of the things that um, Barcelona lack right now, whether it's in domestic football, where their goals against and their the league position is actually telling a lie about how they've played, I still think with, with everybody reasonably fit and reasonably injury-free and, this, and, and it becoming more systematic, Barcelona still have a chance of winning the title. But until now, the league position and the goals against the table are telling lies. But Barcelona as a group lack a little bit of identity, a little bit of character. There are special leader players within that group. But when they're absent, it's still a side that hasn't been forged in the, in the white-hot heat of battle. Madrid have. Barcelona are a club in search of an identity. Madrid aren't. Their identity has been not identical throughout their entire history. That would be a lie. But certainly since Florentino Perez took over, the identity of the club and what they expect of their footballers has barely wavered. There'll be nuances about which you know which players to be signed: young superstars or or you know twenty seven year old superstars got super galacticos or not. There'll be variety in terms of what a trainer, a coach might ask in terms of particular strategy, particular systems. But their 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 identity is unwavering. That's something that Barcelona can't say at the moment. The identity of the group was shown, it had been shown before, but if you ever need to, to somehow 
catch and bottle an identity, a character, then simply go to the second game against Paris Saint-Germain, the second game against Manchester City, the first and last 30 minutes of the game against Chelsea. The Liverpool side game set aside, final goal like that, that, that wasn't special apart from the trophy lift. Barcelona are, are kind of doing a pale imitation of Real Madrid and right now they're not very good at it. And I think that although you could go into lots of little tributary details, well, that's the main flow. And I think just as Barcelona are, are, are the pale imitation of Madrid, I think Madrid have adopted some of Barca's traits. And by that, I mean the, the classic Barca traits in terms of keeping the ball for longer. I think they're doing that much better this season than they've done it in previous seasons. I think they're, they're managing games. It's, it's almost like Barca are turning into Madrid, but not doing it very well. And Madrid are not turning into Barca. But um, the game, having more of, more of the possession, the opposition struggling to get the ball off of them... Um, I think I don't think it's about spirit. I think the leaders are emerging. I thought I thought Dembele's Dembele's celebration to, to his goal last night was brilliant. And I thought it lifted an already um, electric uh, Camp Nou to get behind the team even more. I think Araujo and Kunde are going to be leaders when they eventually get fit and establish themselves in the team, hopefully together in the centre of the de- of the defence. The thing about Madrid is the greatest thing that's happened to Madrid this year um, or in recent months is that they didn't sign Kylian Mbappe. If Mbappe had come, Vinicius would have uh, had his nose put out of joint. He would have had to move positions. Uh, we wouldn't have seen Rodrigo. He would have hardly have played. And they wouldn't have signed Xiaomini. And those three things have been key to the fantastic start to the season that they've had. Um, and going into Sunday's game, you know, they, 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 look, a far, they look a far better uh, a better team than Barcelona. There was a little thing there, and I don't want to, you know, I'm not taking issue, Pete, because it... Everything's about interpretation, but I watched that Dembele celebration last night and I I genuinely think that the majority of the players don't feel the same about Dembele as Xavi does. And I think... No, no, it's just an opinion. It's just, so, for example, what happened? Rafinha makes the sprint into the corner, which was the, a version of the defensive sprints that many of the players didn't or couldn't make later in the game and it's why they lost so many goals. Sergio Roberto sees, looks left, sees that the line is good and he can go, it's super, exactly, it's short, but it's it's right. The ball across is really good and Dembele for once makes a move and his move is perfect. As he runs right down to the corner, he's looking for players to, to, to celebrate with and he does a little wave and says, come on, lads. And the, and the group all stand in the corner and celebrate with Sergio Roberto and Rafinha. And Dembele goes on, going on, a, on a crazy horse run down to the bench where Chavi's slapping hands with everybody else. And they realise he's there, and Jordi Alba's the first, and he runs out and gives him, jumps on him and gives a big hug and fine. And then Chavi does a high five where he and Dembele miss, which, I, iconically for Dembele, that's, that's fucking nailed on. That's exactly right. And Chavi says in addressing him, he's well-liked, he's, he's, he's good-natured, he's, he, he, he's now not getting injured quite so much. I suspect that, you know, He's got a new baby in the house, very new baby in the house. The <clears throat> dilution of the quality that we saw more at the beginning of the season where these mad things he can do were better judged and, and he finished a dribble in time or he made the pass in time or for his two goals, I think it is, he made the, he made the finish in time. I, don't, I think just like when he arrived here for different reasons, I think he's getting less sleep. And I think that next the the little <clears throat> finishing school touches that Xavi had installed in him last season and made Xavi keep him when he was free and no other club wanted him. And, and that means that this little glitch that we're seeing at the moment is 
probably temporary until he starts getting some sleep again. So in about three years. So look, not only don't don't I subscribe to the idea that Dembele is a leader. I think he's a I think he's a gigantic problem. I think Lewandowski is. You watch Lewandowski's body language; and he's losing patience with him. Martin, you commented on Ansu Fati, and that although it turns out to be offside, Dembele's inability to see that he'd done all the good work, and this is a repeated theme, and then didn't square. He'd drawn people to him like a magnet, and all he had to do was lay it, and Ansu scores, and albeit it'll still be offside because that unbelievable pass that Lewandowski conjured for Dembele's run caught Dembele about three or four feet offside it was it was a it was a kosher decision but that last night although um not in a semi-final just was reminiscent of the the failure I think was it Messi that set him up or Suarez in the 3-0 home win against Liverpool for a goal that would have killed a tie and didn't and Dembele has never and will never uh, learn fully you're just going to have to if you want him, you could have to sign up for the frustration and the occasional moments of just exceptional brilliance. But boy, he'd drive you nuts, wouldn't he? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.